the new SDR is the person that can develop this like network in this branding that can be congealed and then be pushed towards thinking through, through training, through how to, through edutainment, through that is the future of the SDR to be a lightning bolt, to be a lightning rod that attracts lightning and then directs it in the right locations. Welcome to a slice of SaaS, your go-to source for insights on SaaS revenue operations. Today, we're joined by Matt Bolian, who is the co-founder and CEO of Supert, who will share his expertise on the evolving role of SDRs and how they are becoming a key strategic asset in SaaS companies. We'll discuss the shift from traditional cold calling to creating meaningful content, the power of personal branding, and why nurturing relationships within your industry's community is the new sales frontier. Let's get started. So Matt, I know that more and more people have started to question, you know, the whole SDR role and whether it is still relevant, whether it's still working. Uh, I see a lot of that going on right now on LinkedIn. And I know that you have quite a bit of opinions about the, the SDR role, um, how it's working right now and uh, also in the future. So what are your thoughts? Do you believe that the SDR model is still relevant or is it something we can kind of uh park or something in between There's a lot of onions to this if i was making a bold statement generally it is the sdr model as we know it i do believe is dying do i believe the sdr role is dead yes as we know it i think it is um and so i think it's helpful to define what does that mean and i also think it's helpful to find within what go to markets it's like the sdr role the origin and it used to be called BDR. It was called MDR, which is like market development rep or business development rep or sales development rep, depending where you fall in. It's all these different roles. Their core job was to go and book meetings and where, where this like became prevalence and even became like a, a ladder step to becoming AE. And this grew prevalent. And when lots of money was raining in through VCs for 15 years, and the play was, it was a very outbound centric. This is the time when sales loft, outreach, groove, they're all building gigantic. They're, that's when they're building their wealth and they're building specifically for SDRs to be able to do one function, send a mass amount of emails, coordinate it with calls and be able to do more quantity than everybody else. And the VCs could throw money and they could generally say, hey, I can generally understand I'm going to have a 5% or 6% creation of deals all the way to revenue and be able to, if I put this much money into the slot machine, I can guarantee this money out. I can funnel in talent to SDRs. These the best talents will become AEs. And this model worked. It worked. And so when I say, is, the, like, is SDR dying? I What I'm saying is the model as we know it, which is a outbound focus, two-stage go-to-market model, is dying. Period. Why? And we can talk about the whys, but yes, yes, I do think it's dying. And I even think it, I, you, you could call it, I think some companies would even say it's dead, like myself. Do you think it's been accelerating now? Because I, I do know for a fact myself as well that the amount of email that want to find me well uh, and talking about the fast-paced inserts, whatever, uh, it feel like it's been accelerating, not decelerating like in the last like six months. Um, so I definitely feel like the email... Uh, like it's it's getting even more now for for some reason maybe that's because it's actually not working so people just up the volume because it used to work let's just do more so if, if we keep the role like is the sdr role dead 
and I say yes, and what are the variables contributing to the death of the model? Model. Because I actually don't think SDRs are dead. I actually think SDRs are going to be more important than we've ever thought, and uh, they'll become strategic assets, and they will no longer. They will. It will be a end state, not a beginning state. Meaning, SDR is not a role you start at and then you you turn into something else like an AE, and it's just a laddering. It's actually, hey, you start as SDR and you continue being that. So I'll talk about that, like what's the new model? But why is this old model dying? There's lots here. Here's some of the variables. So I can't think of them all off the top of my head. Here's some of the variables is if, and this is number one, outbound is less effective in isolation than it has in the past, period. Why is it less effective? Uh, it was just objectively, it's less effective. We, less people are picking up phones. Less people are answering emails. The open rates are decreased. Uh, pickup calls are decreased. Everything is de the effectiveness of that model is decreased. The best still win, but you have to be freaking amazing at it <laughs> to be able to win now. Is well, the, Part of the why is everybody's doing it. We're inundated with it. And thus it becomes a less effective strategy. When everybody's doing something, it act, it becomes less. And this is just the pendulum swing or the evolution of any go-to-market motion. We have to have something new. So number one, outbound's less effective. It's just, it's just it, 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 because everyone was doing it as their primary go-to-market. Number two, buying patterns are just fundamentally changing. It's one of the core issues with the go to like the two stage go to market, what's premise behind, I will get a BANT qualification, which is BANT. I'm going to have a budget. I'm going to have authority. I'm going to have need. I'm going to have timing, pre-qualified, and then I give it to an AE. And so that means, what are you not doing first? It's built around the premise that it's it's a waste of an AE's time to give you a demo. How, how angry do you make me? I just, me. I get so angry when you will not get, I, I've, I've already self-educated myself. My buying patterns, I've, I've, I'm coming to you. I've already selected you out of a handful of 10. You're on my top three. I'm coming for a demo. And if you don't give me a demo, you lose. You lose. And you have SDRs that are qualifying me. And it's not as efficient. So number two is our, our just the buying patterns have changed because of the self-education and ways we're educating in relational community-driven places. That's number two. Number three is, um, is and I, it goes with number one, it's like the email or the phone is just a more personal place where you restrict the closest relationships you have. It's almost like you must earn the right to be there. We're even doing text messages now. You do not, if you text message me, I will never buy from you unless we have had a conversation in the past. Um, so there's just like these, there's this culmination of why the SDR, more specifically the two-stage go-to-market model with an SDR and an AE, it just doesn't work as, as well. So what are we evolving to? I think it's a very interesting question and what's working more effectively? What are the best most efficient ways to scale because those are those are and this is i would call a fourth the outbound go-to-market is the highest cost per acquisition cost like the cost the acquisition cost cac of any go-to-market it's the so why is it why is it also dying it's because it's the least efficient and it's getting less efficient you just can't afford it you can't afford the cost that it, the burden of it as a company unless you have vc money and what's not raining right now the vc money Special about 2023 and, and onwards, most likely going back to normal there with uh, with the funding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. So, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely see that. And I do agree with you as well with um, the whole thing where I, if I reach out to someone now, I don't want to be I don't want to be qualified and I don't want to have three conversations before 
I'm allowed and have the privilege to see a demo. Um, because as I said, I've already been through that model and people don't want to feel like, okay, I'm in a qualification process. Am I worthy or not? Um, and I think it's, for me, it's less from, does that person feel like they're worthy as a customer? It's, Hey, the, you got the B2B buyer acts much more like a B2C buyer than they used to the Amazonification of the buyer. If you would, I can go for me where I live in Atlanta, Georgia, in the U S I can go click a button. And I can buy almost anything if I'm buying in the morning and get in the same day. And so we live in this reality, right? Where if I'm a B to like that does affect how I think about what I'm purchasing, whether we like it or not, it's just a reality. So for B2B, if you don't show me your pricing and you don't have a, a ability where I can directly book a demo, I'm not buying from you. Now, maybe that's individually, but that's where we're moving. And so, so if we, we go into it like this new, what does an SDR look like? in a model where people are self-educating, they are going to communities, they're getting referrals, becoming more relationally driven. We're like this contraction of relation. What does an SDR do? Like, is it, is the SDR even useful? What, what's the new model? I would make an argument that the new, we, we've already seen them pop their heads. The new model for an SDR is we're moving towards this idea of you hear people talking about media companies, but what does it actually look like in a B2B context? That looks like we're having people who are making edutainment, who are doing practical how-to, we call them evangelists. You see them coming in the HubSpot context. You have Kyle Jepson. He's now a full-time con. You know what he is? He's a freaking SDR, guys. He gets more meeting books and he drives more value than other people that are sending emails out because people flock to him because they feel like they know him they ask him questions and he, and he directs them to who? AEs. So the new SDR is the person that can develop this like network and this branding that can be congealed and then be pushed towards thinking through, through training, through how-to, through edutainment, through that is the future of the SDR to be a lightning bolt, to be a lightning rod that attracts lightning and then directs it in the right locations. In communities, in dark funnel-like metrics, singing them. It's a very scary because what you can't you control? You, it is no longer waterfall math and it takes time. It's almost like a rethinking of, or are they are in marketing or they're in sales. This is why there's a blurred line between marketing and sales because um, there's a contraction in relationships to being relational driven. And, but to have relations, you're, how do you do that? It's through marketing and who does that? It's sales. And so it becomes this very blurred line. Nice, like kind of some kind of a smarketing uh, kind of kind of person, I guess. Well, you but use marketing to have like smarketing meetings. Yeah, it's, it's like um, I, it's I think like a smarketer. Smarketer. <laughs> the, the best terms would be um, you start to hear things pop up like near bound. Yeah. Um. Um. The, and there are. It doesn't mean you're not doing sequences with multi-channel outreaches. Like I've built brands on those things before. You're just doing it with a. I will create relationship and connection first through my outreaches. So I can give an example. I'm, I'm creating this whole thing called surround bound. Like how do you, this is the new SDR. SDRs will surround bound people. That's what I think. Surround bound. There's, yeah. And another new concept. Is that, is that your concept or? <laughs> I, 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 surround bound, I surround. Will, unfortunately, is something I made up. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, no, it's not unfortunately. No, no. 
Maybe we need a new term. Yeah, cool. Yeah, well, um, new terms have become meaningless over time. Surround bounds the idea of, and you see this happening, is how do I, like, I'm going to answer the question, because this is really what we want. If someone's searching a term, how do I, if they are thinking about, let's do, let's do digital adoption for me. If someone in, in, is thinking about, or portal replica, I, I think I, I, portal replication. If someone's thinking about how do I replicate a portal in HubSpot? Surroundbound is if someone thinks about that topic anywhere in the internet, in Facebook, in Instagram, in TikTok, in a community I don't own, they are being recommended super. Or my head's popping up somewhere with content, or someone on my someone in the company in their networks are coming. That is the goal of that is the goal of all marketing and sales, but that is surround bound and an SDR will there's specific strategies that are new to our current environment that allow us to do surround bound. So basically it's do you think like because it sounds like it's a completely different role, a completely different skill set in a lot of ways. So is it basically complete redefinition of who should be doing it and it's more senior people? It's like or how how would you even approach that? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna address these questions and I'll go to the approach is um, do we have, to, is it a different skill set? No. Uh, do we need to think about how we're hiring it? No. Does it take more support and can you have less of them? Yes. Okay. Is, so let's give an example. Is um, what did we measure SDRs on when we were doing in the glory, in the glow, like when, when SDR AE was in its glory state, what did we measure SDRs on? We measured them on, and it could be a, there's a little bit of a swath here, but you measure on the number of, like you would measure that on meetings created, deals created, and then before that, all activities, number of calls made, number of deals made, number of activities generated. What are you doing now? Is content creation is difficult but it's so easy. And what I mean by easy is all you do is consistency. So number of calls, how many, how many posts on LinkedIn did you do today? I don't care about how well it did. I was like, cause that, that's a separate, that's, that's the, that's after how many, how many posts did you on LinkedIn about HubSpot today? How many comments did you do? How many, um, how many, like you, you can start quantifying the same these same things. And so it's like the same skill set. It just takes more training. You can't do as many. And there really are not the tools that allow you to do this. Although I do think of some that come to mind that I'll be putting in the surround bound that I have. One of them's surf, another one's called Tapolo. Um, but there's, they'll allow you to do it. Number two is support systems. If, um, hey, so, so hey, I'm an SDR and I want to talk to more people. How do you talk to more people? You have a podcast and you make a subject where people, your, your ICP talks about themselves and what they want to share. Uh, and then you have a warm intro. What does that take? Then I'll take support. You know, I'm going to attain it. You have to create snippets. You have to have the, like, so what does it really take? It really takes a content engine to support your SDRs. So it's a, it's a redistribution of cash into marketing with more support for SDRs. So they will be more strategic. The, yes, in, instead of hiring 10, you hire three, and then you will have a, some kind of co content cohort that you're putting them through. Some will make it, some won't, but the ones that will, 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 will flourish.
It's the same idea, just applied to a different machine. And how do you see with that? Because with, um, because I, I'm a big fan of, of this idea as well, um, that not going the kind of spammy route, thinking about, you know, living where your customers are and like sharing knowledge, being helpful, being a part of the conversation, uh, with your potential and current customers and facilitate for collaborative stuff. Um, but I, I also see a risk there that you hire a lot of people and you kind of push, you know, okay, let's just create a lot of noise and it's a very low quality, um, that, you know, they, they, they write a lot of stuff on LinkedIn. It's not very good. Um, don't you think there's more also risks involved in this because an email that goes bad, you know, you might get highlighted on LinkedIn that someone said, well, this is a really bad outbound email. Look at this, but. Isn't there more like risks as well, um, to, to actually have this approach? No, no, no. I mean, my, my short answer is no. Like you said, there's, there's risk in outbound emailing, spamming mm. people. Yes. <laughs> uh, just as much risk. So I think, um, uh, let's give a, let's, let's put this in perspective is, and I, I used to say that when I, when I, when I'm doing this, I have now done two different companies with this exact go to market, uh, and I've scaled one, two. Uh, essentially $10 million um, rep partners. And I'm now about to scale uh, super hit. It's the fastest growing HubSpot app ever in the HubSpot community where we've gone to a million in seven months. And we're continuing that same trajectory. So this is exclusively our go-to-market. So there's a, there's a part of me like, I, it is more difficult and it's scary to put in because you, because the, there is, it's hard to trust the waterfall math because it's just not as, can't see it. There's actually less volume. Okay. So there's what the risk is, is are you going to have the trust to let people fail and learn? Are you going to have the trust of people that fail and learn? Number two, content quality does not matter. I really mean this. Uh, and here's what I mean. Um, cause it does matter, but here's what I mean. Here's why I, the, the, the mindset and you need to have this mindset. What matters is consistent output of content. And you'll hear this in James Clear if you're Atomic Habits. Like this is the idea. They did a study where he had a where and he was he, one of the, he talks about in his books is there was a photographer that had a photography class and he took half the he took half the class. I'm say there's a hundred people in it. Um, he took fifty people and said, "Hey, your entire I want you to have." And they had a competition at the end of the year where they had this big production where they showed the best photographer like the best photos off. And he took one set and said, I want you to just, you only can submit 10 photos and, and you, the entire semester, you only have 10 photos and I want you to go find the best 10 photos that you can make. And they went off and they took the best 10 photos. The next one off and said, Hey, I, your job is to take as many photos as humanly possible. There are no limits. Who do you think won? Every time we did this experiment, it was the one that had unlimited photos and he would end up grading them separately because you couldn't compare them. And what you find is through making crappy photos, you make through the process of failure and making really bad results. You learn you're, you're, you know, you're one out of 10, you know, when you, you're, you're six becomes somebody else's 10 because you've done it more times. You started creating mastery. The same thing applies with content. So if you give someone the ability, go make a butt ton of content. And after a month, that person's, that person will just be better. They will learn the algorithm. They will learn what works. And then you, if you coach them and provide any guidance whatsoever on like best practices, they will outperform others. 
So the idea of we must have quality actually is probably the worst thing you can do when you start someone with SDRs because they become stuck and you must unstuck them by saying, go create. Which is why people get really good at talking on the phone because what do you force them to do? You don't say, you say, get on the phone and start. You're not going to learn unless you go out and do it. And then we don't apply this same Oh, don't worry about, you can only have perfect phone calls, you know, just wait. No, it does not work that way. Life does not work that way. Go make crappy content and you will eventually make good content. And I think people also overestimate how many people will actually see the crappy posts that you do initially. Like people would not notice and they will not really care that much actually. Um, yeah, they're just going to scroll past it. And so when something starts, when you start providing real and the, yes, it, just, you're right. Is it's not a bigger, it's even, it's even less risk than actually talking to someone on a human and doing it really bad. So how would you kind of go about, because you, you mentioned before, like it's, it's a lot about then it might be a smaller team and then it's about the enabling as well. And kind of, it's like, like when you kind of scale this up yourself, like how do you kind of enable them uh, to actually do this well initially? Like, do you have some favorite strategies and tactics? I've noticed a couple of times, um, I let it internally, we call it co content cohorts is what we call them. Um, and, um, I've, I'll, I'll give like three, I'll give three best practices that I've come from this. Number one is people. Um, when you do, when you do hard things together, you're more likely to do them for longer. So if you have two people, you're less likely to do it for longer than if you have six people. So there is a, you need to have a group of people that are doing content together that are being measured. And so this is number two, there must be a level of accountability and the accountability is not, Hey, who had the best performing post? It is, did we all as a group like post every day? If you did, and this is number three, not just accountability, there is some positive enforcement that occurs. If we all as a group posted every single day, then we get, we each get $10. Um, and we use bonus leads. We use this thing. So there's these, these, these three is do it in a group. You must have accountability on what you're doing. And it's, you should be based not on performance, but on, um, based, based on consistency. And number three, group based incentives. So what, um, if you don't do that, um, I found there's others. So this is big three and there's more we can talk about. There's the big three when you're creating the contour, cause you, 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 there's training you can provide. There's best practices you can provide, but if you like the core is those big three, um, and so things like you need to meet every week, you must have, you must have places and spaces that you can have creative brainstorming. You must, there's all these things, but again, just those big three and everything else will, will work. Yeah. And I think especially one you mentioned there with the activity base, like that's a big realization for me, like going from the, oh, how well did we do? Because especially in the beginning, like you're not going to do well. Uh, yeah. and it's, it's it's actually quite tough in the beginning because you kind of sit there and you're looking at the engagement, nothing is happening. So just focusing on the actions. And I think that goes into so many roles in the short term, focus on what you can control in the short term. And then if you just do it for more than a couple of weeks, which is like, I think most people do for a couple of weeks and then they just stop, um, like that action focus, I think is so important and combining it with, as you said there, the group accountability and shared we win together. We also use a bonus lead internally, actually, as kind of um oh, yeah. internal. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's such a good tool and it's su such an easy thing. And you have like, you know, like it's it's a really, really cool um, 
cool tool for kind of internal awards. We're not sponsored by Bonusly at all, but you know, if Bonusly is key to do that, then I'm all ears. <laughs> um, but no, that's so. Yeah, I, I I'm a really big fan of of those things as well. Um, what else do you have on top besides the top three? Uh, what else? <laughs> uh, I, things we've done in the um, so take those top three, and then if I was to add some. So those are systematic logistical points. You also, you need to be meeting a minimum weekly. Um, and there's, you have to have someone that leads it. There needs to be somebody. Um, I also do recommend having quarterly or monthly awards for a top performer, um, based on like your things. And I would just step back and I would think about it. You're creating, you're really creating a production company. Um, and you're helping people produce content. So there is this, if you can so do it, it's to have, um, uh, we, what we did is had a whole production where you could have a minimum you, you, as part of your posting, one of them had to be a video. So you can start to dictate the, f the function of which something occurs. And if you do that, um, you can either give them something like a Vimeo, right? Where you, or not Vimeo, um, uh, Veed, where they can self-produce content very easily now, or you, uh, can have a production company saying, Hey, I have five slots. Everybody uses them. And if you don't use them, someone else gets it. Uh, so you can give them incentives and then you, so it says, Hey, not only did you post every week, but one of your posts was a video. And so you start, you start adding on different flavors as it gets more and more mature and you get it. So it, here, Matt, what's an example of this in real life? Let me give you an example at rep. When I was at rep partners, we led a con, we led a content cohort. And I, I would also, we did it in seasons and you had to sign up for an entire season, season one, season two. And, and you had to like, it was exclusive, meaning like you had to, you had to meet certain criteria to even get selected to be able to do it internally. Who was a part of that? Robert Jones. If you haven't seen him on HubSpot, you're like, like we, like we had Robert Jones and making videos. He does edutainment. Um, Shadab Khan, edutainment, education. That's funny. Yes. Okay. Uh, you had Shadab Khan, uh, Rashid, uh, Rashida. Um, uh, all three of those were part uh, were part of the content creator. And there's some, there's some others. Those point is they have driven millions of impressions for rep partners um, through them. And now they are creating, now they have the muscle that it takes. They now understand they are now, their six out of 10 is now my nine out of 10. They are better than me because they, they have just done it more. They now have the muscle and they now have the support they need it. And so like, the time it takes to create content decreases when you get good. And, and how long would you, because I mean, it is still going to be, you know, people sale in the end, you got to pay the bills. Uh, like what, what would be kind of, uh, what should be an ex like realistic expectation? Someone they've been doing the traditional SDR. They want to kind of, give this a go because they're seeing that it's not really working anymore. Like what you, you mentioned there, having a group of people, not just a few gamification, but what would be the timeline for a season? So if I was, if I was an SDR in the wild, right? Because the reality is companies have to have this mindset or, or, and the first thing to get cut is marketing because you can't attach it to revenue. So first companies have to have the mindset and there's still very few companies. They're going to say, I'm going to go all out on a, on a, surround bound near bound dark funnel strategy they're just they're just not there like just it's very, very difficult to find so what do you do um if you want to if you want to transition and you want to you know go from an sdr or you're struggling ae 
here's my recommendation. And this is why I created the surround bound play. You can do a surround bound play in any role you are in. What you need to do is just start creating content as part of your activity. I will post one time per day on, on these. What topics do I talk about? Like it is, it's asinine to me. It truly is. Like when people say, I don't have content, I'm like, you are absolutely and utterly wrong. Like you have so much content. The issue isn't you don't have enough. The issue is you don't know what to select from because you have too much. So just like start with, don't even, don't even think. Just like, what's the thing that made you angry today? And write about it. Did you, did you really enjoy making a hundred calls today? Write about the slog of a hundred calls. Like, and you could do that in five different ways. And then like, so there's the point is you just take and so the content, just start, just do one piece of content a day talking about the thing that made you passionate, you know, that triggered you, whether in a good way or a bad way, personally or professionally, and just do that. That will start creating a network. People that, people that comment will start coming and then start commenting. Like go, go to sales navigator, look your ICP up, start commenting on all their posts and then add them to your post. And the way LinkedIn works is as soon as you connect with them, as soon as you comment, it, it actually serves all your content. And so instead of calling them, they, they now see you five times instead of calling them once. And that's surround bound. That's what you start getting as you start doing that. That's the basics. Create consistent content. Tag people that you want to sell to. And that's it. So... So that's coming from a uh, from a rep, but like say that you're a company and you kind of you you're kind of curious about it, but you don't want to kind of you know say okay, let's stop doing the calls as we mentioned, like because that's probably not going to happen. But I would really love to have some of my reps to do more of this, mm -hmm. uh, but they might be a little bit oh, but I don't really want to do it, or I'm a little bit sure about it. It's like how do you have any ways to kind of get people excited and actually want to do it, or is it just like well they just have to excited about it to get started because that's something that i'm struggling a bit with like how can you get more people wanting to do this whole uh influencer or whatever you want to call it yeah it's it's like it's not like it's it's telling people i i would be okay with giving people a choice but if you want someone you say hey look i we um i see a change the change is moving to let's call it warm bound instead of surround bound is a strategy warm bound is a People like talking to people they've already seen or heard of, period. So if you could increase the likelihood that someone's talked to you or heard your name before you talk to them, would you do it? Yes. Perfect. Here's a strategy that allows you to have influence over people that you've never talked to before. Use something, and this is the whole thing's built on surf. You can still do calls. You can still do emails, but just connect with them on LinkedIn Get their, get their contact information, add them to a sequence and just add commenting and posting as part of your sequencing and try it for a month. If it doesn't work, tell me why it didn't work. If it works, I've done this with our sales rep here at Super, and he goes, Matt, you've changed my life forever. I can't realize I'm just learning this now. Here's the deal. Once everybody does it, it's no longer effective. And we'll have to come up with our next our next strategy. <laughs> so. As with everything, that's always how it is. 
No, but it makes so much sense as well. Of course, like if someone has seen you, as you say, like seeing the face and the company everywhere, of course, you're going to be more likely to at least assuming there is not a generic outreach with no research before, but it's very hard to yeah. be too generic. If you actually already commented, you already been engaged with the person yes. like it's, yes. it's, uh, but it's definitely less volume that I think that's going to be a big change from people as well is you actually should be more personal and fewer people, but you're going to hit that way better versus just spamming a thousand people and just hoping that it may or may not work. Yeah. Bring and pray is not a good strategy. Um, because you are truly praying and, uh, for something to hit, uh, less volume, more relevant. Uh, you can add, you can even add intent data into that relevancy through getting G2 intent, getting intent from uh, there's a bunch of intent data that'll give you third party intent that you can then use to proactively reach out to people. It starts to get the people that will win in the future are not people that use AI. I really, <laughs> because uh, it's going to be the people that learn really good to create relevant messaging in the moment based on, uh, and create warm touches. That, that's, that's a, the, the people that the superpower and that warm touch may, and then you may be really good on a phone too. And you have that as part of your, a part of your arsenal, but it will not be the first time you interact with someone will no, will no longer be the phone. The first contact is no longer the phone or an email. It will be in a community or in a social location where your customers live. That's, that's the future we're moving to. And so everything we talked about is just getting really good at first contact. And I mean, it's probably going to be so much fun as well. Like no one, like no one, I don't think a lot of people really like to do cold calling and to be cold. Maybe some people do, but I think most people are not really enjoying it. So having another process where you can actually, you know, warm people up a little bit first, and you're also increasing your own value. Like if you're actually doing this more, you're more visible on LinkedIn, like you are also going to be more valuable as an employee. Uh, like Kyle, as we talked about before, like his value as an employee, I mean, empl employee, that's where it has most likely skyrocketed since uh, he was, uh, he was doing that. You just hit the nail on the head, uh, as, as we say in the US, is when I talked about what's the difference in the A, and I, we could even end it on this, like it is, when I said, is the SDR dead? Yes, it's dead in the, the model. The SDR is actually going to become a strategic resource for the company they're employed by. And that is a great example. Kyle Jepson at HubSpot is a strategic resource that started off teaching HubSpot classes. Uh, and the value you bring to a company demonstratively increases, even if it's extra, it will increase if you are capturing the attention of more people in whatever ecosystem you're in. You are a strategic resource. So the SDR of the future will be one of the most strategic resources. Yeah, no, and I, I, I so much agree with this whole notion. I'm just very like, this is going to be slow. I don't think a lot of companies are actually going to jump on this. I wish they would, but I think it's going to be so few, sadly, who actually do. I think so much many are going to be comfortable with the old way of working. And there's going to be a few companies who pull this off, at least in the next few years. And then people might start seeing that, oh, wow, this is really working. We need to change mm -hmm. as well. And that's, I guess, it's the typical cycles that you will always be having where, oh. like when Inbound started and HubSpot just kind of absolutely nailed that playbook. And now inbound is tough uh, with the traditional blogging and things like that. Yeah, outbound stuff, inbound stuff. 
you're right. In, in a community-led growth is something that I think we saw that we've seen recently that has worked really well for specific companies. That now everybody's tr- like you now you have a few that are doing they're trying to replicate it. Uh, I th- I think surround bound, warm bound, near bound, whatever calling it will also be a playbook that it, I think it's actually more difficult to do it, and it will take because uh, it's not just changing of activities it's a change it's a rethinking of what matters and when it matters and why it matters and how you change funds and so for that reason it will be slower but it will still occur and the bet and the companies that we see winning uh in the next five years will be every single one of them will have a strategic sdr and you will be able to name them yeah no i'm i'm, re- I'm really looking forward to, to seeing that uh but matt been an absolute pleasure to uh to have you on here talking about uh the kind of uh, sdr role and uh, really appreciate that you're taking the time. I, I just want to kind of end with kind of a final question before we end up. It's a little bit more in the philosophical end here. Um, so like reflecting on your journey, you know, you've been building a few different companies now and, uh, you know, you probably learned and seen a lot uh, during the way. So what would be some kind of insider learning that has really changed, um, you know, your like approach in, in business and, and life as some, some profound insight that you've had during your, your journey. So in the last three years, I've started two companies. Um, and I'll say this is if your identity gets wrapped into the success of the company, it will destroy you today or tomorrow. To, to philosophical is, is if, the purpose of the company is to create fame and and acclaim and even to become filthy rich. <laughs> I think that um, it will destroy your soul. Uh, it will it will you will burn out. The relationships around you become less important, and they will be and they will begin to to uh, deteriorate. And you be, you become a lonely. Uh, bitter, sometimes uh, unhappy person that has lots of money and nobody to share it with. So if, if I say like anything is doing is like going through business is, and you're hearing this a lot, maybe this is specific in a, in a I hope maybe a specific American thing, but it would be a, um, is uh, your relationships matter more than business, but you can't just say that. You must have very specific things in life that show your people in your life that, that you actually believe it. Example, do you stop work at 5.30? Let me just give an example. Do you stop work at five o'clock so you can have dinner every single night with your family? Yes or no? Do you, like, these, there's these things um, that if I was talking to an entrepreneur, I would be very worried if, if it was their only pursuit um, as it does not, it leads to a very damaged soul in my experience. Um, and so you know, doing companies that you're at the prep, you're always at the precipice of, failure um and it's a scary place to be and you just sometimes you just have to let the cookie crumble see how it comes out you have we have much less we have much less control than we think we do no i i think it is and like yeah as you said like tying tying your identity to a specific outcome uh, that you can control partly but not fully and doing that and forgetting about everything around you like yeah no, I think that is, it's very easy though, if you're, especially if you're a founder or building a business, like it is very easy to get caught up and all of a sudden five years passed 
and you just you know forgot about everything else yeah you become a shell of a, of a person definitely a bit guilty guilty of that myself <laughs> So I was. It's not. It's not through me doing it correctly. This is through me having almost destroyed my marriage, or like, and like, and like. This is. This is not a. Uh, and trying to do it better now. Uh, so yeah, this is scar tissue. Not. Not. Oh look at me! I'm doing it well. <laughs> That's what I'll say. Awareness is always the first step, you know. And uh... <laughs> no, but I do. I do believe it. Correct. So I, I think we in Europe we might be a little bit better at it, but I think anyone who started a business has at some degree been experiencing that other areas are suffering, hopefully temporarily and not permanently though. That's uh... cool, Matt. Look, so um, uh, it was an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. So um, where can people go if they want to find out more about you? Uh, I would go to LinkedIn would be the primary location. Look up uh, Matt Bullion and I uh, do a piece of content a day. Because it keeps the doctor away. That's how they say it. Actually, some really good content. I'm not just saying that to to be nice, but there is uh, Matt has some really good, um, really good content, really good posts. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna add uh, a link to him as well. Uh, but definitely recommend to to check him out. So Matt, thanks a lot for today, and uh, yeah, been a pleasure. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much. Stay awesome. Keep doing it big. Stay super. So that's a wrap for today's conversation on a slice of SaaS. So a special thanks to Matt Pullian for shedding light on the future of SDRs. If this episode sparked new ideas or helped you think differently about your sales strategy, I'd love to hear from you. So share your feedback or connect with me to continue the conversation. Join us next time for another insightful conversation. So keep optimizing and see you soon.